What is up, Fathom fam? Thank you for listening and supporting the Fathom Church podcast. Remember, you can always connect with us at fathomchurchjacks.com and on all your social media platforms as well as on YouTube. We just want to let you know about a new weekly podcast that is now available to you called Fathom Beyond Sunday. Very different from our normal sermon podcast, really just um, some casual, engaging conversation on faith, life, and following Jesus between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. So good to see you in the room as the lights come up. It's good to see everybody doing all right this morning. Are you guys excited about this stuff this month? I'm, I'm pumped. Like, November 22nd is going to be an amazing day, and I'm really excited about just the word that God's put on my heart to share with uh, you today and get us started in this, uh, in this season. I want to invite you to make sure you're part, man. Uh, we're really extending ourselves, trusting in faith and believing that, uh, that God's going to bring us 100 families to be able to bless. And so uh, we want you to be a part. There's, we need a lot of help that day, setting up the table, setting uh, things up. We need to make sure you register your kids and yourself to make sure we know how many uh, catered uh, 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 brunches we need to get from Maple Street. We're working on the, the uh, dietary restrictions for those of you that like biscuits. Uh, that's like not good for your body. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take care of that too. We're thinking about you, getting ready for that. Uh, so just make sure you register. Let us know how we can serve you. But we need you help uh, serving that day uh, as well, getting set up or staying afterwards and, and cleaning things up and then building all these boxes that we're going to be building. You'll see right out in the lobby as you exit. Some of those groceries have already started coming in. You can purchase uh, the grocery meal kit, and and you can bless a family that way, or you can just donate to uh, our missions fund. Uh, That's local and global missions through the app or online or whichever way you choose to give uh, and choose the the missions one. And this month, that's going to be going directly to local missions to feed families. So for every $20 uh, you doing that, that's going to take care of a family's Thanksgiving. We're going to cover the Thanksgiving giving together as a church family and, and asking people to individually. So I think there's already like close to 60 families who have said we need help. And so we're hoping to get that to 100. They're already registered. And, and so uh, we're putting that in faith and, and it's going to be an incredible opportunity to bless people. That's why we're calling it the blessing because we want to bless some people. And then also if you're interested in, in like Christmas decorating, I think some people are going to be Christmas decorating that day because uh, uh, if you're not helping hand out the box, boxes, maybe you can help with some of that stuff. So I think you can find that in the app or online or wherever that registration is. Make sure you follow those links and get registered for all that fun stuff because uh, we, we're going to do this together. It's an amazing time to just be together and serve as a family. And so looking forward to that. If you're a guest, let me welcome you. Uh, want to show some love? Yeah, let's show some love to our guests in the room. We don't make you do anything weird like stand up on a chair and wave or anything like that, but we just want you to know we're thinking about you. We love you. Pray that this feels like a place to grow in your faith and family, whether you're joining us online or in person. Can we show some love to our online Fathom fam today? We're spread out in a lot of different places these days, but man, I'm thankful we get to just do, do life together, do the journey together, that none of us are running this race alone. We, we say around here, no disciple walks alone. That, that's God's plan for us, is none of us to be running this race alone, and so we hope that's true, and you, you uh, just take, of it, take uh, the, the most of, of the relationships that are around you uh, in the Lord. So, hey, let's dive into the scripture. I, I, when I was, a, when I was a, a, an athlete uh, a long time ago, I'm not an athlete now, but a long time ago when I was an athlete, I played football, and I never played special teams, but I always, they would always have this phrase, the special teams coach, I want you to play with your ears pinned back. Any football players here ever hear that? Like, you play with your ears pinned back. That just means they want you to go hard, they want you to go fast, especially like if you're kickoff return, like, or kickoff uh, defense, go down there and tackle somebody and hurt somebody. That's what they were saying. And I just want to let you know, um, 
I'm about to go with my ears pinned back. So, um, so we're just going to buckle up um, because I believe this word's so important for us. I, I pray that the last series we've been in for the past like seven weeks, Citizens, really prepared your heart for this week, <laughs> this past week, as just the chaos that's going on um, politically in our nation. I pray that as citizens of heaven, uh, we're, we're staying committed to the kingdom of God, but also knowing that we've got a part to play uh, right here locally, and we're going to continue to build in the kingdom of God and pour into to his kingdom. And it really sets us up as we move into this series called uh, The Blessing and uh, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 12 here in just a minute. Just That's where we're going to go, Genesis chapter 12. So if you're pulling that up on your phone or your device or in, in your Bible there, um, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 12. We're going to be reading the first three verses. And this passage is a significant passage in the Old Testament and in Scripture as a whole because um, let's just kind of walk through the first 11 chapters of Genesis so far, right? Genesis 1 and 2, what goes on there? Anybody? creation account. Genesis 3, anybody what goes on there? The fall of man. Chapter 4 begins what I call the fallout of mankind, <laughs> right? Brother is killing brother, uh, society, wickedness begins to show itself generation after generation until it gets to a point with Noah and God does what? He f- floods the world. He's a world and, and he protects and he brings this remnant Noah who by faith trusted God and did something that didn't make sense to anybody else, but he did it. We move through the, the early parts of, of Genesis, and, and we, we get to Genesis 10, and, and we hear about the nations, and Genesis 11, that, that God, the Tower of Babel, and, the, and the, the confusion of languages and cultures that happens in, at the beginning of Genesis chapter 11. So creation, fall, fall out, confusion of languages, and then we begin to see at the end of Genesis chapter 11... Uh, the lineage that leads us up, and we get introduced to this guy named Abram. He's a baby at the end of Genesis uh, uh, 11, and by the beginning of Genesis chapter 12, he's a grown man, late in his years, in fact, um, and that's where we pick up. And so this is a significant passage because this is the first glimpse we have. This is the foundations of God's plan for redemption in the world. This is God's initial, hey, he, here's how I'm going to go about doing that. And the story of Abraham begins to uh, embody what God will later embody through his church, right? So this is, this is where I'm going today. And so we, we got to understand this. Most of the time when we think about uh, God's plan for the redemption of mankind, we think of Jesus, which we should, because that is the pinnacle of God's uh, plan for redemption. But here's the foundation for it. Here's where it begins, and the whole story begins with God's plan for redemption. So let's dive into Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and get this glimpse, this foundation of God's redemptive plan for the world. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, um, uh, go, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land, I'll show you. Remember that. Go to the land, I'll show you. You don't know where yet, but just go, and I'm going to show you. Let's keep reading. Verse 2, I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Verse 3 says, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Very simply, God says, I need you to obey and to leave what you've known, your hometown, which is Ur, everybody say Ur, it's Abram's hometown, modern-day Iraq. So if you ever wonder, what does Abraham look like? He, he looks Iraqi, because <laughs> that's, that's probably what he looked like. He, he's, that's where he's from. And so leave what you've known 
and, and head to this land I'm, I'm going to show you. So he tells him to leave because why? He, he wants to bless him. So he calls him to leave or to believe. All right, follow me with my, my, my rhyming here. He calls him to leave, which will require him to believe, to receive the blessing so that God can release a blessing to the world. So there's the sermon, okay? If you don't miss anything else, I just said it in one sentence, okay? He's calling him to leave, which will require him to believe so that he may receive the blessing and God may release a blessing, not to just him and his family, but to the entire world. Does this sound like something that Jesus did for us too? Does, does that sound like a fulfillment of this moment right here? All right, so I want to teach through this and talk through this now that you kind of know everywhere we're going, <laughs> right? And now that we're interested, we're like, okay, that, that makes sense to me. Now that we start there, uh, let's dive in. Because what's going to be required first is for him to leave and for him to, to believe. Um, and, he'll, and he'll leave. He'll, he will do this because he, he wants to, to receive the blessing, the promise. This is known oftentimes as the Abrahamic Abrahamic blessing or Abrahamic promise or Abrahamic covenant. Talk about the Old Testament covenant. This is where that begins. This is the origin of the beginning of this. Uh, God will confirm it again. He'll repeat it in chapter 15. He'll confirm it again in chapter 17 with circumcision, a little bit more intense covenant version of that. He'll repeat it again in 18. He'll repeat it again in 22. In 25, he'll repeat it to his son. In 27 or 28, he'll repeat it to his grandson. God's going to keep repeating this promise, this covenant that he wants to enter into with mankind. And this is known as the old covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Abrahamic blessing or promise. That's what we've got here. But it was going to be built on what? It's going to be built on faith. He had to, to leave. So he leaves. Um, and, and I think a lot of us, uh, we, we ask ourselves, uh, hopefully from time to time, is am I li- living a life that pleases God? You ever thought about that? You ever asked that question? Am I living a life that pleases God? I think many times we don't want to ask that question because we're we're not confident about the answer. (laughs) Or how do we discern the answer? And I think many times we get confused. Does God love me? Is God pleased with me? See, I love my kids. They they disappoint me from time to time. They drive me crazy from time to time. (laughs) But that my love for them never changes. Am I pleased with them all the time? No. But my love, and I think a lot of times we get those things intermixed as if they're the same thing. They're not. God loves us unconditionally. That's not changing. And so we can always come to him and return when we've disobeyed him. But it begins with faith. It begins with leaving and obeying. Hebrews 11 says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we need to ask ourselves this question. Am I pleasing you, God? Well, am I walking in faith today? Am, am, I, am I walking with, am I putting my faith and my trust in Jesus and God? Then if I can answer that question, then the, the other question's easy. Yeah, I'm pleasing him because I'm walking in faith. I'm putting my faith in God, not in myself. Uh, when the kids were little, uh, particularly when my boys were little, uh, we'd go to the playground and there's always like a super high playground and uh, uh, my boys will probably remember this. And they would, they would get up, uh, up real high, and then they'd yell. They'd be afraid to come down, or they'd want me to catch them. And they'd be like, Daddy, get out of here. Daddy, come get me. I'm scared or whatever. And so I'd run up to them, and I'd stick my arms up, and I'd put a little space between us. Because one, I'm short. And two, because I, I wanted them to jump out and trust me. Jump. Like, that's fun, man. It's fun to jump. And I, I began to think of, about that, those times that we had. And that distance right there represents something. 
just as I think for each one of us, there's a distance um, in, bet- in between us and that, that represents our, our level of faith, that represents our level of trust. Like right now, there's a line, there's areas in your life in which you'll trust God up to there. I trust God this percent. I trust God to these areas and not these areas. There are line or lines in our life that represent our trust. There's a distance there from where we are and, and, and where God is. And so I'd come up to them, and I think there's something that represents that distance. One, it represents how much they trust themselves. You know, do they, are they, are they worried? Can they believe in themselves to jump off? And secondly, I think it represents their fear of falling. When they're really terrified, they want me to come all the way up to them and grab them off the playground. Any parents know what I'm talking about? When they're really, they're scared. No, I need you to grab me. And I, and I know a lot of us right now, that distance of how much we're willing to trust God beyond our comfort zone, we need him to come grab us to move us to the next step. We, we, won't, we won't get off the platform. We won't take our next step unless he literally grabs us and moves us. Anybody, is that, is that true to your life? The third thing it represents is how much they trust me. My boys, that how much they trust me. It, as time has gone on, I can get further and further away. They, they've built some experience, not only believing that they can do it, and they don't have a fear of falling. Or maybe the fear of falling is there, but they just trust me more than that. Because I told them, we don't just take steps to take steps. We take steps because the Father asked us to take a step. He asked us to trust him. The Holy Spirit is guiding us into that truth, into this life that he's called us to. And so what's happened over time is that distance has grown with my boys. It's grown. They trust me more. We've got an experience. We started close. Hey, just a little jump when they were three and then four. And by the time years have gone on, uh, they're, they're seven and nine years old. They jump, they'll jump way off, like even probably more than what they, they should because they trust me. They build an experience. But they're not just, we're not just taking steps. We're not just taking leaps to be taking leaps. We're taking leaps because God asked us to. See, the same is truth, true in our faith. Like some of us have been stuck in the exact same place because we never take that first step. We're stuck in a comfort zone. And look, I love to be comfortable. Like I get home, um, my wife will tell you, since the time I was a little kid, I get off of like whatever is uncomfortable to me and I get in my comfiest clothes. I, I, I get in my, my nice soft t-shirt and my nice comfy shorts. I immediately go, in. I love to be comfortable like the next person, but I want you to know that to grow in our faith, it's gonna require discomfort. It's going to require us to trust God, and that distance will grow. You see, the scriptures tell us, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says that God has given each of us a measure of faith, a portion of faith. God's given that to you. And uh, most of the time you probably think, well, I don't have faith like that, or I don't have enough faith. No, no, God's given you the measure of faith you need right now. So let's just take a quick exercise. Scale of one to a hundred. Like, where would you say... Like your faith is, scale of one to, to 100. Just like, you don't have to say it out loud, just say it in your head. One, is it a 50? I think a lot of kids would be like, 100. I, I trust God. That's why Jesus said, have faith like a child. Most of us, we, we've walked through some stuff, we're scared, we, we've, we've become a lot more aware of our fears, just like a child does. We become aware, we, we get more scared as time goes on. And, and Jesus tells us to have that faith like a child. So say, say it's a five, right? Probably nobody in here said a five out of 100. Maybe you did. That, that measure that God has given you, don't look down on it, just use it. Take that measure of faith because what's gonna happen is say, 
If you'll just trust God with that measure of faith and the next step he tells you to take off of the playground or out to talk to that person or to share your testimony or, or to give a certain amount that makes you uncomfortable or whatever it might be or to serve in an area or to go to DNA sessions or to, or to whatever it might be, to talk to your neighbor, um, whatever it might be, whatever that step is, if you'll just make that step and get out of your comfort zone and trust him with it, that distance is gonna grow. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Stop thinking 20 steps ahead and think about the one step right now that God's asking you to make. Like, stop worrying about all the decisions, all the steps, because then it's just like there's, there's too many things. What's the one step? Because here's what, just imagine 52 weeks from now if you do this once a week. Imagine if you do this, 50, like, just, just Sundays. When we gather, just make this a time. God, what's the one step you're asking me to take? In my faith, God, and, and you're not asking me to jump to the other side of the world. You're just asking me to take a step. You're just asking me to take a step, and you're right there trusting. And it's going to, because what happens is that grows the distance. My faith expands. What was a five is now a 10. What three weeks ago was a 10. And I'm telling you, my, my faith where it's at right now is completely different than what it was two years ago. Completely different than what it was four years ago, 10 years ago. And God wants to do the same thing, but we've got to stay obedient to leave because we all want the blessing. We all want the blessings. We all want the promises of God, but not many of us want to leave when we don't understand before we see it. It's going to require obedience to leave. It's going to require us to believe and trust that God is who he said he is. So just do that Can, and just imagine where you're going to be 52 weeks from now two years from now, if he'll do that. See, Abram took that step. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Before the law was in place, he received that righteousness because of his faith. Before the law ever came into place, it was about faith. It's always been about faith. Pleasing to God is, is faith. And so Abram steps out because God brings these promises. He, he sets forth these promises, and God gives him an invitation to be a source of blessing to the world. And just as God gives that to Abram, he gives us an invitation to be a source of blessing to the nations as well. God gives them these three promises, and I want to take a few minutes uh, to, to talk through these. These three promises that, that God gives Abram get described one way in your scriptures as we understand Old Testament theology and really uh, throughout the time. This will begin to mean three things. When we talk about a nation, the promise of making you a nation, it meant land, the, the second thing it meant is descendants. God was promises, hey, you can't have a nation, you can't grow unless there's going to be descendants. And the third thing that's going to sound more vague at this moment, um, but I'll explain a little bit more in a minute, is blessing. These are the three promises, essentially, that he, he brings to, to Abram, that he's going to give them land, he's going to give them uh, descendants, and he's going to bring blessing to them so that they can be a blessing to the nations. It's, it's kind of hard to be a nation without land and descendants, you know what I mean? So this is kind of essentially what God is, is saying to him, particularly as we, we walk through the Old Testament and begin to understand this. So first, I want to talk to you about how God fulfilled these promises, and how we can understand and receive them today uh, here as New Testament believers uh, in, in Jesus Christ. Uh, the first in, in land. At, at the end of Genesis, we'll see in the beginning of Exodus, uh, we find Israel in Egyptian slavery for 400 years. 
and, and the whole kind of thing that's happening, that God is going to bring them out of slavery. He keeps uh, rehearsing this, that, hey, he has a promise for them, but God's going to bring them out of slavery into what? The promised land. God's going to bring them into a promised land, the one that he promised in Genesis 12. The one that he's repeated in 15 and 17 and 18 and 22 and 25 and 28. The ones he keeps repeating to their sons and their granddaughters uh, and and throughout time. He's repeating this message that he's going to give land to them. So God leads them out using um, uh, these crazy plagues, these supernatural plagues, led out by uh, Moses. But Moses doesn't get to take them into the promised land. Who takes them into the promised land? Joshua. Joshua leads them into the promised land, and God fulfills the promise that he made to Abraham. But God's promise of land doesn't stop there. It carries on till King Solomon. You guys ever hear about King Solomon, right? King Solomon uh, expands uh, the land of Israel's territory to the largest the world had ever known at that time. He had more land, and so it expanded. And then the people came under Babylonian captivity, and they were driven out at that time. And they lost the land. And then they recaptured it. And then under Roman rule, they lost it again. And by, by the time, and they don't have it again. From Roman rule, uh, the, the life of Jesus in that time, all the way until when? 1948. 1948, and the establishment of the nation of Israel that we understand right now is what? Do you know how big it is? It's small. It's small. Like, what, what happened to the land of Solomon? What happened to the promised land before? God, what, what happened to that land? Well, well, Jesus, well, Jesus told us what happened. When he came, he began to teach Jews and Gentiles alike. What did he say? He's like, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Uh, he, he begins to teach Jews and Gentiles, uh, the followers of the way, that, hey, I know you've had your, your attention focused on the lands of this earth, but there's a, there's a promised land. I know you've been focused on the land of this earth, but there's a new heavens and a new earth that's coming that I'm preparing for you, that I'll bring to you, but you've got to trust me. This is why Jesus in his teaching says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and, and thieves destroy and steal. No, no, store up for yourselves what? Treasures in heaven, a promised land. This is, this is where Jesus takes us in the New Testament. This promise is still to us today. It's of heaven. It's of a new heaven and a new earth that God will bring to us in, in uh, the restoration of all things. So he was true to that promise, and we still await the full fulfillment of that promise today as Christians. The second one is descendants. Can't have a nation without, without some descendants. And um, that's all well and good. That sounds amazing, except for one thing. Abraham's old. <laughs> Abram's old. His wife is long past childbearing years, and this don't make no sense. This don't make no sense to Abraham, or Abram. I keep calling him Abraham because God will change his name eventually. In fact, in Genesis chapter 17, when God comes to, to Abram and says, hey, your wife Sarah, she's going to have a baby. You know what his response is? He falls on his face laughing, like laughing in God's face at this promise. You ever laughed in God's face at a promise he was making to you? Because it don't make no sense. Just to you ever laugh in his face? Quick story, and we'll get back into it. 2010, 2000, um, into 2011, Taryn and I 
had been in ministry for several years and we felt God was something, God was doing something in us. We couldn't put language on it, but we felt that God was preparing us for something and we just began to pray. And from the end of 2011 till the end of 2000, uh, excuse me, end of 2010 to the end of 2011, uh, I had one phrase in my heart that I could not get away from, one scripture, go to the land that I'll show you. It, it was that phrase, end of 2010, and we were just praying. <clears throat> I didn't know what to do with what I was feeling. Everything was good in ministry in the church we were serving at. We loved it, um, but we knew God was doing something, so we sat down with our pastor and said, hey, we don't know what's happening, but God's doing something, and, and this is the phrase that just keeps echoing in my heart. I don't know what that is, and so we just marched off faithfully, just continued to do the ministry, the call. It's on our life. By the, <clears throat> by the end of that year, we, we uh, really felt both that God was calling us to plant a church. This was crazy. We, we were like, wow. Um, but still, it was like, God, where? Where? <laughs> the land? Where, where's the land you're, you're, you're taking us to? And two days after Christmas of 2011, I'll have a conversation with a guy who's over some church planning and stuff, and I was just trying to get his wisdom. And in that conversation, he, he brings up South Jacksonville and North St. John's County, and when he said it, I started laughing out loud. I had, I had no understanding of why I was laughing in the moment. I really knew no one or anything. It was, it was just a moment in which God was bringing the answer to what he had been, I'd been praying. Where's the land? Here's the land. This is what God was bringing us to. And I, I wasn't laughing at God. I was just laughing at because I had no idea. It was just like amazing that God had lit this fire for us to go here. God did this for Abraham, this crazy thing. Don't, don't laugh in God's face at the promises he gives you because he'll, he'll bring them to pass. Yeah, over, the, over time, we won't trace the whole history, but Abraham uh, and Sarah give birth to, uh, to Isaac, who will give birth, not him, but their wives, okay? Isaac will give birth to uh, Jacob and Esau. Jacob will wrestle with God, and God will change his name to what? Israel. And, and he, will, he will father the 12 tribes of Israel, of Jacob, 12 tribes of Jacob. And, and, and the, the generations, the descendants will carry on through the line of Abraham. And by the time we get to 1939, there's 16.6 million Jews in the world. By 1939, you, some of you historians, you, you, you'll remember what that date is, what started in 1939 was the Holocaust. Six million Jews will be killed. They'll go... Four million in concentration camps, two million because of disease and killings. Over a third of the Jewish population will die in that five years. God, what happened to the descendants? Well, if we read the New Testament, uh, God's story, God's promise to bring about descendants wasn't left to Jews alone. God brought Paul to go and evangelize to who? To Gentiles, to people like me and you. I remember... um, and so for, for Paul throughout the New Testament, what he's constantly telling us is that by faith, we are sons and daughters of Abraham. By faith. I, I grew up in church, and so we had Sunday school back then, and we used to sing this little song. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. All right, there's a few Sunday schoolers in here. Y'all know what's up. I'm one of them, and so are you. If this is true, has God made true on his promise of descendants? There's 31% of the world's population are Christians, are self-proclaiming Christians. We'll get into a conversation about wheat and weeds another day. I'm like real Christian, right? And just those that profess it with their mouth. But there's 31% of the people on the face of the planet that, that proclaim this from 
So here's the deal. Next time you want to laugh in God's face about a promise he makes to you that you think is crazy or things he calls you into that don't make any sense, every time you look at a Jew or you look at a Christian, remember God keeps his promise. And, and so what, what is that promise to us today? Uh, it's, it's that we get to, he told Abraham to go and that echoes what Jesus told his disciples to do, to go to go make disciples, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything he's commanded us. He calls us to go and bring spiritual adoption, to lead people into spiritual adoption, into the family of God, into the story as descendants that they too by faith would be called sons and daughters of Abraham. Are you guys tracking with me today? This is God's plan fulfilled uh, not only through Israel but uh, fulfilled through Jesus into uh, our lives today. So we've got to leave to receive this blessing. And the third is blessing. I know this sounds vague. It sounds more general. Like, what do you even mean by that? And honestly, I had to do my own research in, in, in previous years to really understand what Israel understood as blessing. Essentially, it meant two things. It meant peace and it meant prosperity. They wanted, they wanted peace with God. They wanted peace with their neighbors. Essentially, more than anything, they wanted peace in the nations. They, they didn't want to be taken into captivity and slavery. That's been their story. They just wanted peace. I think a lot of us right now, we're, we're asking in our nation, we're praying to God, would you just bring some peace in this earth? And we're called to be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. But I, I, I want you to know a reality that... We're never going to see a full matter of peace on this entire earth until Jesus returns again. Like, that's just, that's just a reality of it. But when we begin to see that peace is when people are, uh, begin to understand and we can be a witness so that they may have peace with God. Because that's when chains are broken. That's when peace begins to happen. Because forgiveness is understood. Humility is understood. The fear of God is understood. Then we can understand true peace and we can understand the blessing that he desires for us. He, he has a life of blessing for us. That's peace with him. And I don't know maybe who I'm talking to online or right in the room, but I, I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself today, do you have like genuine peace with God? Like, I'm not talking about peace in your family. I'm not asking if you see peace in the world. I'm asking right now, in your relationship with God, do you have peace with God? And it starts with faith. It, it, it starts with believing God. And it will be credited to us as righteousness, just like it was for Abraham. If you don't have that peace today, salvation that's known by putting our faith in Jesus, not our own works, not by how far we can jump on our own, just the one step he's asking us to make. If, if you don't know that, then it's as simple as admitting you're a sinner, putting your faith in Jesus Christ through belief, confessing that, you, that he is Lord and Savior, and then following him. And just following on the journey of discipleship, A, B, C, D, right? Admit, believe, confess, and walk in that discipleship. Follow him wherever he leads us. I want you to know that today. But it was also prosperity. That was their hope that, that they would have all these wonderful things. And here's the hard reality for Israel. They didn't get that peace. 
and, and they didn't get that prosperity. I told you how the Old Testament kind of ended. And eventually it'll get to a place where all the, these prophets are being raised up. And so Jews on behalf of God speaking to other Jews. This isn't from a Christian perspective that they never received it. From a Jewish perspective, they're saying, you're never going to get the promise. You're not gonna, God's not going to bless because you're disobedient. You can't walk in the promise. And so God raised up one of those prophets was Jeremiah. And I want to read Jeremiah 31, verses um, 31 through 34. Let's read this together. Uh, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. This is Old Testament, Jews talking to Jews. A, a time will come with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hands to lead them out of Egypt. We've talked about this. Because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. I was faithful to them is what God's saying. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it, in, uh, write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord because they will all know me. God's talking about a personal relationship. He's talking about a personal relationship. From the least, to the gra- uh, least of them to the greatest declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. This is the new covenant. This is why we break bread. This is that. That was in Jeremiah that God spoke up and said, I'm gonna make a new covenant. I'm gonna make a new covenant. And we get to be a part of that new covenant living where he doesn't remember our sins anymore, that, that it's not written on a, on a law book or a, a long list of rules. No, no, it's written on tablets of our heart. Paul echoes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's written on our hearts. And I just want to make sure today as we move into a time of prayer and the band can come and begin to prepare to lead us, I want to make sure that anyone in this place today who doesn't have peace with God, who knows that their sins are not forgiven in heaven because they've never said yes to putting their faith fully in Jesus. And I don't care if you've got got a 5% measure of faith, whatever that distance is in our life. See, what we've got here, and we're going to move this here in just a second, on each one of these, is that God wants to pour this blessing in so that it can come out, so that it can flow out of us. God wants uh, to, to bring others to understand this land, this promised land that we speak of. He wants others to come to understand that they can too can be sons of Abraham by faith, and also that God would bring uh, a blessing on their life, peace with God. You see, God wants to use us. But we've got to be willing to leave and put our faith in him and believe truly so that we can receive that blessing and that blessing can flow through us to the nations. Are you with me today, church? Do you understand what I believe that God's put in our heart? Next week, we're going to talk about these blockades, these blockages in our heart that are preventing the blessing from flowing. So I hope you'll make plans to be here for that. But I want to pray for you. Uh, if you'll stand with me today, we're going we're gonna to pray. Father, right now, all across this place, God, I, I know you're working. I know you're moving hearts, God. I, I believe in some lives right now, God, there's, they're one step away. They're one small step away from God, their entire uh, trajectory of their life changing because their, their faith is, is moving, God. They're ready to leave the old life. They're ready to leave the old man, to leave the old woman, God, and walk into the blessing that you have given them. Not only the blessing for them, but the blessing that you plan to flow through them, God. 
God, can we just as a church, as a community, God, can we fix our eyes on heaven, God, on the promised land? God, could we fix our eyes and our lives on on living on this earth as it is in heaven? May we do this evermore. As the time is, God, that you will return. God, and may we live fervently, be witnesses for you, God, people who walk by faith and obedience that others may know, that others may be called sons and daughters of Abraham and faith, those who who are orphaned in this life would be adopted into the family of God. Those who have been rejected by their families, God, would, would come to know identity and family in the local body of Christ. God, and today, all across this place, if there's anyone online or in person, God, who has not yet found peace with God by confessing that they need a Savior and they, they, they need to be saved, God, that they're a sinner, then I pray today is a moment for them to take that step. This is our prayer. This is our hope. God, you're our hope. You're our prayer. We love you today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. In the next few moments, they're gonna lead us in, in a song here of worship. And I'd ask if, if there's anything that we can pray with you about uh, in these next few moments up here at the altar, just make your way down here. We'd love to pray with you and join with you, um, whatever that might be in your life. But God's calling, God's doing something in our hearts today. So let's respond and worship. Let's open ourselves up to him and thank him for the blessing that he's given us.